Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. One thing that Vegas knows is great entertainment. Today, you will meet a power couple that have entertained millions both in front of an audience and behind the scenes as well. Louise Duarte is a famous actress, comedian, impersonator, and voiceover artist. She's toured with Donna Summer, Tim Conway, and more, and she joins us today with her husband, Squire Rushnell, who is a former television executive known mostly for Schoolhouse Rock and Good Morning America on ABC. Today, they are involved in the Godwinks Project, which includes a very successful series of books and shows on the Hallmark Channel and Netflix. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here as well, discussing why Vegas is such a great place to hold a championship fight. And our expert on Vegas real estate, Gady Medrano of Flipping Vegas, joins us to talk about presenting winning offers. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go You know, sometimes celebrity couples just don't work. I got to tell you, as an interviewer, one time one will become your favorite and the other one, well, why are they there? Or they start, one person's a dominant factor, they come in. Not these two. I'm really excited to talk to them. I've seen them on before. I've read all their stuff. They're really interesting folks. Louise Duarte, uh, you probably have seen her. She's a famous actress, comedian, impersonator, all that stuff. Done a lot of voiceover work. And Squire Rushnell. Squire is involved with, I know if you're like I was growing up as a kid, you know his stuff, Schoolhouse Rock. But he's the, the two of them have put together this thing, Godwink, that's really seldom does a new word get into, into our language. So I want to talk to him about all of that, but I got to ask you guys, you guys are great together. I'm just thinking, you actually enjoy working together, right? I mean, it sounds like you're having fun. Oh, God. Oh, you know, absolutely. Actually, I think we were just saying today that, uh, you know, we can't stand being apart. So if Squire goes to the store or something, it's it's like, when are you coming back? <laughs> we, we miss each other so much in the middle of the night that she wakes me up. <laughs> just to say I miss you. I'm right next to her. Okay. Well, I, I get it. I get it. Well, and I got well, We are madly in love, no question about it. That's a good thing. Over no, that's a very good years. thing. <laughs> that's a very good and I'm thinking particularly with this pandemic, boy, it can be rough if you're having a hard time getting along, so it's kinda nice where if you're gonna be stuck, you're gonna be stuck with somebody that you enjoy being stuck with. Oh, well just remember if he gets bored with me, I can just turn into somebody else. I can be Joan Rivers. <laughs> can we talk? <laughs> I love your Joan Rivers, and it was funny because I, I, you were on a show, and I happened to tune in that time, and I, you you had lost your voice, or it was real scratchy, and yet when you did the impersonations, they all flowed, and especially, <laughs> I thought Joan Rivers actually sounded more like Joan Rivers with a little bit of that in there. <laughs> uh, 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 we miss Joan, don't we? Oh, my goodness. It was one of the best. You know, one thing, Louise, you seem like you've developed a style where I know I've seen a lot of impersonators, but you can go switch back and forth 
quickly and so forth. And it kind of gives it a different feel. It's like all of a sudden I feel like, wow, I'm in the room with all these people. Uh, <laughs> did, did that something that just comes to you? Is that the way you normally talk? Or is it something you developed over time? Well, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to have a point of difference. So instead of doing an impression for a long period of time, I decided one day just to see how many impressions I could do at once. And it was really from my voiceover days. Uh, I was I remember Lenny Weinrib, who played... Remember, Squire, you've hired him uh, for... Yeah, it was a Saturday morning character uh, for... Um, I'm, I'm hankering for a hunk of cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those little characters, yeah. Well, Lenny was great, and, and I was wanting to get into voiceover work, and he says, well, I tell you what, he said, why don't you put down some voices, you know, on a, on a tape, and I'll give it to my voiceover agent. So I went home, and, and I just created, like, a party atmosphere in the background, tinkling of glasses and music in the background, and I just started doing one celebrity after another, and I... I think I had like 45 of them, and the next day I gave him the tape, and uh, he said, well, did you do a couple on there? And I said, well, I think there's like 40, 45, uh, most, you know, celebrity impressions and some other original characters, and and so he sent it to his agent, and they signed me right away, and I thought, okay, well, maybe maybe I should do that in my live act, and that's what I did. I what I, I actually had them stuck in an elevator, and it was based on a real story. I was in, I was doing a gig, and I was with my manager, and I can't remember what country it was in. It was a foreign country, and we were stuck in an elevator. We got stuck, and I have claustrophobia. Terrible. And so I said to Howie, my manager, I said, Howie, and there was another woman in the elevator. I said, excuse me. I said, but I've got to take my mind somewhere else, so I'm going to just start becoming other people so I could get my mind off of where I was. And so that was kind of how the elevator started. And so I put that in my act where I had like 25 celebrities get locked in an elevator and Popeye eventually gets them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, how do you introduce new voices then? Because if you've got kind of the shtick going on where people hear it, all of a sudden you bring somebody new in. Is, is that part of the act or do they just magically appear? Well, a lot of times I stick them in the elevator to test them. <laughs> it's a great place to put them, you know. To, and if they work well, then I might extend them, and then I'd take them out and put more, do more of a bit with them alone. But I always test them in my elevator. Do people have particular favorites? Do people ask, oh, go, go to this one, go to that one, you know, because uh, I, I can just see how you do these things. And some of them, they were so impressive. It's like, well, I want to hear more about that because it was like really spot on. <laughs> Well, you know, everyone loved Joan, and of course, now, I mean, I don't really even do my act anymore, because most of the people I do are in heaven, so we would have to be, you know, alive or dead from heaven, <laughs> so I, uh, so Joan was one of the favorites, but, but before that, it was always George Burns, because, you know, it was, I think it was kind of a, it was different to see you know, a woman all of a sudden putting on glasses and grabbing a cigar and then doing George Burns, you know. So that was something that I, I always did. And one of the great thrills of my life was I was working with, years ago, with Donna Summer. It was her opening act. And George Burns's, uh manager was in the audience. At, it was at Caesars in Vegas. And, 
and uh, he came to my dressing room afterwards, and, and at that time I did George Burns and Gracie. Right. Gracie had passed away, but George was still alive at that time, and he said, you know, I really loved you, George Burns, and I, I love that you did Gracie. And he said, would you like to meet George when you get back to L.A.? And I said, oh, my gosh, I would love to. So so when I got back to L.A., made, you know, I got to see him in his office. I walked in, and there was George sitting on a director's chair, and he's smoking a cigar, and he says, I hear you do me, kid. Let me hear you. So I started, so I started doing George. I was doing George Burns. And then he said to me, do Gracie for me. Oh, and so I started doing Gracie for him. <laughs> and I, I just loved doing it in front of George. And then I got so choked up because I realized here I was doing his beloved Gracie in front of him. And I just started to tear up a little bit. And he just, he stopped me. He said, you're a terrific kid. Have a cigar. <laughs> and he gave me one of his cigars. More with the couple behind the Godwings franchise, Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell, in just a moment. Please remember to visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the very best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. Later today on Sports Rock and Tours, a special look back at the Ollie Frazier Battle of the Century, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. 
Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell, who are the creators of Godwinks, responsible for successful books and movies. And the Gracie was great because a lot of people um, don't remember how really important she was. She was a great star in her own right. And I just think bringing those two together, and that, that was the first thing I picked up on. I go, wow, she's doing both ends of this, which I thought was great. <laughs> well, let's yeah. switch over to uh, Squire and the world of Schoolhouse Rock. I don't know anybody who didn't remember growing up and seeing those things. My wife still sings those songs, which is amazing to me. She actually loves it. She was so excited you were going to be on. I was like, well, this is one of the guys. How did that ever come to be and so forth? And and were you surprised with just how much of an icon it became? I had no idea that it would ever become that kind of an icon. And the story is actually only written uh, once. I wrote it in a a book uh, we did... uh, called The Godwink Effect, and it was about two or three books ago. But what happened is is that I was uh, vice president of children's television at ABC, and I came into the job following a guy by the name of Michael Eisner. And mm-hmm. Eisner uh, was going off to uh, ABC primetime, and then, of course, he ended up at Disney, the chairman of Disney, after a few other things in between. But... Uh, Anyway, the, the idea of uh, Schoolhouse Rock didn't start uh, right at the beginning. It started with Multiplication Rock, and that was because the head of the agency that was representing ABC Children's and Daytime Programming, which Michael Eisner was running, the head of that agency had a problem with uh, his kid understanding the multiplication table. So he was doing a you know, reviewing the advertising for the network and so forth. And at the end of the meeting, he said to Michael, have you ever thought of doing little short three-minute programs that would, uh, you know, teach kids the multiplication table? And then so they had a little song that they whipped up called Three's a Magic Number, and they started (laughs) singing it right there. And uh, and so Michael uh, gave him an order, and, uh, and that started multiplication rock about a year and a half later i came in and um and multiplication rock was a big success these two guys who were now working at the uh um, at the agency and producing that series they were a little bit nervous because there was a new guy in charge of children's television what if he doesn't like our programming you know what if he deep six it what if he thinks, oh, I'm only going to do things that I invented? You know, all those things. Right. Anyway, they came into uh, the meeting, and, um, and they, they said, you know, we, we'd really like to do some additional programs, you know, about, uh, you know, parts of speech, uh, on history, uh, on science, and so forth. And, um, and so they're pitching their hearts out and i'm already thinking well what are we going to call it you can't call it multiplication rock anymore and so when they pitched when they finished their pitch i said well we got to figure out what we call it i said what about schoolhouse rock and they wrote that down and that's how that happened and uh and it was just 
it was just kind of an offhand remark that actually was bridged from the fact that uh, their company was called Scholastic Rock, mm-hmm. and they uh, or the Scholastic Productions, and uh, and so that's how Schoolhouse Rock started. But nobody ever knew that forty years later, now fifty years later, uh, whole. Uh, segments of the population can sing every single one of them. And <laughs> teachers have kept it alive. Parents have kept it alive. So that when when we talk to younger kids today, we're always amazed. Most of them know what Schoolhouse Rock is. Well, yeah, they had an actual play out, and my wife and I took uh, our kids. And what the funny part was, the kids were looking at my wife strange because she could sing all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that kind of works. And yet, when you heard it as a concept, you start thinking, well, God, rock and schoolwork, they just kind of seem to be natural enemies. And yet, it really worked. And like you say, people still remember those tunes uh, in 30, 40, 50 years from ago. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was a, uh, Louise and I were doing a speaking engagement together uh, at the Alamo Dome, 40,000 uh, seat theater, uh, and it was called Women of Faith. And so when, when you're a speaker and you have an all women audience, that's like walking in heaven, I'm sure. I, I, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but I'll bet it's like having 40,000 women. Uh, cheering you on and laughing at your jokes. More with Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell in just a moment. As we mentioned earlier, Sports Rock and Tour is featuring a special look back this week at the very first Ollie Frazier fight, billed as the Battle of the Century in 1971. That fight was held at Madison Square Garden in New York, but when you think of boxing championships, you often think of Las Vegas. Why? We asked your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Well, it's still a big deal. It still can kind of overwhelm the conversation. You get, everybody gets whipped up into a frenzy. It's fantastic for Vegas for a number of reasons because it is a high-profile international event. Room rates go through the ceiling. Occupancy goes through the ceiling. Casino revenue goes up. Every taxi, Uber... Lift, you know, everybody's busy, everybody's happy. It doesn't happen every day. It could happen, you know, twice a year, but when it happens, it it shows off Vegas in its best light. There's an influx of people just interested in the city. And the boxing experience only lasts a couple hours, but before and after and the day after and the and you know several days later people are still here and they're still having fun and they're checking out all the other things to do it's not the only show in vegas it's the one i appreciate the least (laughs) because it's a sport but i figure if those folks are here come check out a cirque show come check out a comedy show go go into the casino go you know bowling whatever whatever you want to do you can do it in vegas what I don't get about that, though, is, and you're right, the, the rates go through the roof, and all these people come in. You know, there's only 18,000 of them that are going to be at the fight. What are all these people coming in, just to be here? Yes, it, it's absolutely that that FOMO. All the kids talk about it, right? FOMO, fear of missing out. It's you want to be a part of the party. You want to, you, uh, even if you're not going to the event, there's viewing parties. There's just parties in general. There's after parties. There's ancillary excitement, and you you just feel like you, 
it, it, you know, like if you're going to do the Super Bowl, if you can't be the Super Bowl, go to Vegas. You're going to be in a sports book. Everybody's excited. Everybody's got money on the game. When people have money on the game, they're 10 times more excited. Win or lose, you're, gonna, you're just going to have a different kind of time if you do it in the context of being in Las Vegas. Thanks, Scott. Remember to visit VitalVegas.com every day. There is no better way to know Vegas than to follow Vital Vegas. And don't forget to follow Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. I'm John Katsalamidis of the Las Vegas Review Journal on page 3A every day and online all the time. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with actress, comedian, and impersonator Louise Duarte and her husband, Squire Rushnell, former television executive known primarily for the great Schoolhouse Rock franchise. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Conjunction, junction, how's that function? I got three favorite cards that get most of my Men job. always laugh inside. Women laugh outside. <laughs> yeah, they have fun with it. <laughs> so, so before I went, I, and, and I was doing inspirational stories, Godwink stories, and Louise was doing her comedy bits, and we were going to move in and out, uh, wending them all together, inspiration and comedy. So just before I went out, she said, why don't you tell them that you were the father, of, one of the fathers of Schoolhouse Rock? I said, honey, that was 35 years ago. They wouldn't remember that. And uh, she said, well, why don't you try it? I bet they would. So I went on stage and said, first of all, I have to establish if any of my people are here from ABC, if you can finish this song, I'll know you're my people. And I sang, conjunction, junction. Yeah, 3,000 women blasted me off stage with, what's your function? <laughs> so uh, that, that began a, an awakening for me about the power of short, yeah. meaningful, musical uh, uh, programming. And also and, you got a call from Washington, D.C. one day. Well, uh, the, uh, when I, uh, yeah, the, it was a lobbying organization, and they wanted to have uh, a copy of the program, and, and I realized that as I looked into it that it was the most requested program uh, I'm just a bill yeah. on Capitol Hill. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what they wanted to do was to get a copy of this so that they could, they could play it for all their employees and teach them how a bill goes through Congress. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, what a great choice, too. Jack Sheldon, who was oh, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. great. Yeah, so great. So great, yeah. yeah. 
So it was it was a it was a really a wonderful experience mm-hmm. to be involved with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Schoolhouse Rock and uh, some wonderful people were there. Bob DeRoe, who was the jazz musician, uh, who actually wrote uh, "I'm Just a Bill," but he's the one who wrote all of the uh, uh, multiplication tables, like Naughty Number Nine, uh, uh, Naughty Number, you know, Number th- Magic Number Three, and and all those kinds of things. He also wrote Conjunction Junction. Oh wow! But you know what's even bigger than that is this whole Godwinks thing. And I remember hearing a homily from a priest, and one of the things the priest talked about was the idea of coincidence and it's like he goes wouldn't it be sad if we didn't think of god when we think of these things you know that should be the first place and lo and behold i hear about this god winks thing what an incredible idea kind of share share to us how you came up with that and then the combination of the two of you working with you're putting the comedy in there you know people a lot of times don't think of comedy with uh religion and mm-hmm. I, I think in a way it's one of the most effective things uh there is and I, we certainly hope there's laughter in heaven we certainly expect it right yeah. well there are 12 books and uh, louise has co-authored uh, six of those and uh the first book when god winks uh was over 20 years ago and um and so i my my literary agent said well what is a coincidence and I said, I don't know. I, I, I'm just a, I'm just a TV guy. I, I'm a schoolhouse rock guy. I ran Good Morning America. I, I don't know what a coincidence is. Well, she said, if you're going to lead people with a book, you have to figure out what it is. So Louise and I wrestled with that question as to what is a coincidence uh, for about six months. And finally, uh, the little word God wink floated into my mind, and I thought, gee, that's kind of fun. That doesn't sound very uh, threatening. And, uh, and we stuck it into the manuscript, and, uh, and it flowed very easily. It replaced coincidence very well, and, um, and, and it slipped right into the language. But here's the thing. In the beginning, I was thinking that coincidence and Godwinks were basically the same. But if you look up coincidence in the dictionary, it will tell you that it's a convergence of two remarkable events without causal connection. Right. Now, that is a very nice uh, definition of a word that scientists would use. But if you're talking about what we're talking about, there is a causal connection. And that causal connection of that experience is divine it comes from god and so that is the distinction between a coincidence and a god wink as a matter of fact in the hebrew language they don't even have the word coincidence they figure they don't need it if everything comes from god what do you need the word coincidence for so that word has now evolved and um and it, it it we just love the fact that it is when people learn the word, they start seeing their God winks. Mm-hmm. And, and once they develop the eyes to see their God winks, they realize that they are never alone. And they start looking for their God winks. And they start realizing that God is communicating with them all the time. It's like a long-distance call from heaven out of 8 billion people on the planet just for you. 
in working with all the organized religions and so forth, did you find that people were really happy to hear this? Because I'm thinking sometimes it's hard to explain it, and the way you're doing it here is simple, and yet it's something that everybody can identify with. We've all had those moments. and. Well, you know, we're all on this grand GPS, God's positioning system. And so he sees us, you know, there's a wonderful scripture that says, in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your steps. So what he does is he, when, and there's a, great, there's a great quote from Sir William Temple back in, what, the 15th century or something like that, Squire, yeah, was it? Uh, 1650. And, and he said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. Well, you could just substitute that with God winks. When I pray, God winks happen. And it is true, the more you pray, the more God winks you see, because, because again, you're acknowledging God, and the more you acknowledge Him, the more He's going to acknowledge you. And He unfolds these wonderful uh, little, they'll call them serendipitous or coincidence, and of course we call them God winks. And God winks is one of those friendly words. It's like if you were sitting at the big table with someone you love, like grandma or mom or dad, and they gave you a little wink. You know, you didn't ask what that meant. You knew it meant, hey, kid, I'm thinking of you right now. You know, and that's what a God wink is. It's just God letting us know that he loves us, he's thinking about us, and, you know, we're the apple of his eye. Well, you know, Stephen, um, to your point about uh, what the churches might think, what the pastors might think, 20 years ago, I was worried to death about that, because I'm thinking, hey, I'm just the schoolhouse rock guy for crying out loud. What am I doing? What authority do I have to, you know, come up with a word that describes something about religion that I'm absolutely... I'm mainly ignorant about when you put it into the grand context of what most pastors know. But what has thrilled me more than anything else has been the receptivity of pastors to that word. Every pastor that we've encountered, from Pat Robertson to Joel Osteen to Robert Morris, they all have said, boy." We'll be back in a moment with more from Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell of Godwinks. Make sure to listen to Sports Rock and Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. If your station doesn't carry it, you can do two things. First, call them and ask them to carry Sports Rock and Tours. Secondly, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X, short for Sports Rock and Tours. That's Sports R-A-C-X. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. 
perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. You are listening to Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell, creators of Godwinks. But you know, the best compliment we had was from a pastor uh, in West Covina, a church called Faith Community, Jim Reeve. We were having uh, lunch with him and his wife, Marguerite, one day, and he was all excited about where we were going. We were just about, go to the, about to start the Hallmark movies, the Godwink movies on Hallmark, and uh, and he said, gosh, you know what I love about you two guys is that, they say, you're so shallow. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. He says, what I mean is you two are bringing people into the shallow end of the pool yeah. and leaving it to us pastors mm-hmm. to take them to the deep end. And we said, yes, that is what we are. We are shallow people. We are schoolhouse rockers and godwinkers, and they go together because it's simple. Yeah. Well, and starting points are great. You know, you talk about getting godwinks. Uh, certainly, this whole concept it seems like it's had a lot of godwinks. I mean, all of a sudden, it's showing up in dictionaries. People are talking about it. Like you mentioned, Hallmark did movies on it. When this first popped up, you probably didn't think this was going to end up being like this, I wouldn't think. No, the, the movies, it was so fascinating how the, how the movies came about. Matter of fact, we, we have a, a movie that's, I, can we say who it's with, Squire, the new movie? No, we no, can't yet. Can, okay, we, we will in a, probably a few days. Yeah, but right. anyway, um, uh, well, there was a, a partner of ours who's working on the Godwink films with us. And he was at another uh, network, mm-hmm. and he was pitching some of his other movies. And they were saying, eh, do you have a anything streaming else? streaming network. Yeah, streaming network. Mm-hmm. And he was... Large one. Yeah, large one. <laughs> <laughs> was, Starts with an N? Yeah, I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. So he was pitching all these movies, and um, we had just been turned down by Hallmark when we pitched a dog movie. And we thought for sure they were going to go for this dog movie. And they turned it down because the dog at the beginning of the movie is in jeopardy. They're about to put the dog down. And so at that time, Bill Abbott, who was the CEO of Hallmark, he loves dogs so much. And he never likes to see dogs in jeopardy. So he turned it down. So we were very disappointed because it was a great Hallmark movie. So now our friend and partner, he's there. He's pitching like crazy, pitching his little heart out. And they said, nah, nah, nah. So he gets up to leave and he says, listen, I have one more story. And he tells this incredible dog wink story. And the network says, we love it. (laughs) So that's a movie that's going to be done very soon. We start that actually on June 1st. And uh, and the book from which that story comes 
<coughs> is called Dog Winks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True God Wink stories of dogs. Mm-hmm. And every story in the book has a dog right at the center of it, yeah. but they're God Wink stories. Yep. So when we go back to our pastor in West Covina, we'll say, we're so shallow now, we're on the beach still with dogs. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't even have our toe in the water with dog wings. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it's a wonderful, wonderful movie, an incredible God wing, dog wing story. So we're just, you know, we're, we're thrilled with that one. But, but Hallmark has always been so good to us. You know, they, they love the concept, and... People, uh, you know, this is our third, I think our third Hallmark movie we, that we, we did. did our third, yeah. So, and they do very well on the ratings. And I think one of the reasons why people love them so much is that they're true stories. So at the end of every Godwin Christmas story, you'll see the real people and kind of where are they now. And it just gives people hope to know, wow, if that Godwin happened for them, it can, can happen for me. So, yeah. Well, I think people really do get a lot of inspiration from the the books, the, everything that's been involved with it have been such a great gift to people, not to mention your careers, both. <laughs> people just smile whenever they talk about any of this stuff. So I want to let people know before we leave here how they can uh, get a hold of you guys because I know you, you do speak all over the place and so forth. you got books coming out. What's the best way for us to follow you? you know, the best thing to do uh, is godwinks.com. And uh, godwinks.com is our main site, and uh, so we uh, will be refreshing it even more than we have been in the past, Uh, and we're just going into a new phase with that to keep everybody up to date on uh, the movies that we got going and the announcements in the book and so on and so forth. And actually, tomorrow, uh, Squire, you're going to start Dog Wink Wednesdays. Yeah. And you're gonna, you have the story of what the movie's gonna be. Yeah. It's a great Dogwink story. And so, what we're gonna be able to do, uh, and Dogwink Wednesdays will air on Facebook, uh, Facebook and on Godwinkers. And so, those are two sites on Facebook. Godwinkers is a private group, and Louise uh, uh, runs that, and uh, I run the, the Godwinks, uh, which uh, is a little different, you know. The um, I think God Winkers is more personal and spiritual. Yeah, it started out to get God Wink stories, but God had another idea for it. We got some <laughs> stories, but matter of fact, this the movie that we're doing, the Dog Wink movie, was given to us by a God Winker, someone yeah. who said you ought to check this. This uh, I saw this this story in the Providence local, you know, newspaper, and we followed up, and that's how we, we got the story. But but God Winkers is really a page where it, it's we pray for one another. So people will post their prayer requests, and and there's almost 11,000 people on there. Squire's Godwink page has over 300,000, and that's a little more lighthearted, and they tell stories. And, and, it's, and it's more story-based. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Every week we're going to do a different Godwink story, encourage people to send us their Godwink stories, and Dogwinks and Godwinks. Uh, and remember, uh, a Dogwink is simply a Godwink story with the dog in the center of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll be doing that right up until May, the launch of the book, Dogwinks. And actually, here's a secret. You can actually go on that site, uh, godwinks.com, 
and you can get access to the Audible book right now. If you go to godwinks.com and then look for Dogwinks Audible or Dogwink Audiobook, you can actually get access to that right now. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I know you guys are having a blast. I've heard from people that, wow, they do some great stuff on Facebook, so there's fun groups. Thank you so much, Louise Squire. It's been a pleasure, and we hope to hear from you uh, some more. Let's let's have you come on again maybe later in the year and find out where we're at, okay? Oh, we love it. Love it. Love it Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. So you think you might have found that special house, but how do you separate yourself from other buyers besides simply offering more money? We asked our Vegas realtor, Katie Madrano of Flipping Vegas. I have heard that when you get into these bidding wars and this type of thing, sometimes it helps to actually write a letter to the person you're, you know, that's selling the house saying how much you love it and how much you want to do all this great stuff to it. Is there truth to that or is that just a ridiculous, uh, and I mean, ultimately money talks, but you know. Hey, in a, in a in a market that's that competitive, you you bring out all the stuff. Like you do, and I, I I won't even tell you some of the you know kind of negotiation tactics. I don't want to give them away, but you you can get aggressive. Absolutely, I've seen situations like that, or a situation where this is not what I recommend uh, to sellers. Uh, well, it depends, but it's, every situation's different. So there are times where I've had a one-on-one conversation with the seller directly because they showed the property. They are the, they're the ones that allowed me access. So, or the buyer will, or, you know, but you still have to keep it within the confines of ethical behavior. You can't negotiate. You can't, there's certain things that you can't do, but you can also impress it. You can express your enthusiasm and you can, you know, build rapport. That's, that's never a bad thing. So you have to, keep it within the confines of, again, ethical behavior. But really, if, if, if my client lo- loves a property, I'm pulling out all stops. I'm, I'm doing whatever I can as it relates to the agent, as it relates to just the offer itself. What, there are certain things you can do to strengthen an offer. Um, that's why a lender's important. Uh, oftentimes I'll do, you know, when we're competing with cash offers, I have a lender that can close in less than 20 days. So I'm like, hey, you can still do a quicker close and stuff like that will strengthen the offer. Just, you know, so another week from a cash offer and you're getting X amount more, this offsets. So, you know what I mean? So you can break it down for them. So there's certain things that you can do to, to really strengthen an offer and make sure that you don't lose it. Thanks, Gady. If you're looking to buy or sell in Vegas, contact Gady at GadyRealEstate.com. Coming up next is Sports Rockin' Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. You can hear this week's show as well as extended interviews with our previous guests. And please follow both shows on our social media platforms, which include Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go!